0: Podcast City
1: Network.
2: This is Jim the Podcast Sherpa from Too Many Podcasts, and you've got a ringside seat to the Mark the Shark MMA Show. Mm, Let's get ready to
3: podcast! Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark the Shark Retorto, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of MMA. Today we will review the most recent and upcoming events in MMA news. In each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be special interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest hosts. Also, check out our Facebook page for news and updates on future episodes. Also, we appreciate donations from our listeners to keep our podcast up and running. You can make a donation by clicking on the click the support button found at anchor.fm slash mark the shark MMA show. And that's Marks spelled with a C and not a K. We are also looking for guests who want to be on the show and sponsors who want to advertise their product and brand on the show. For more information, contact me on the mark the shark MMA show Facebook page. Also, for a plug in, if you're looking for a good action thriller suspense novel, check out a book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. You can find it on both Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. It is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks format on Amazon.com, The paperback version only on BarnesAndNoble.com, and a hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. For a good book for your kid to read, check out I Am a Survivor or Invisible Girl, written by a little 11-year-old girl by the name of Christina Retorto. She has her books in Kindle and audiobook format and paperback format on amazon.com and paperback format on both amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. And And the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. Okay, everyone, keep on listening. We'll be back shortly after this break. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built. Used by all Jiu-Jitsu and MMA athletes to prevent skin infections. Save 15% with the code MARK the Shark MMA Show. This episode is also brought to you by Audible. You will get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day trial. And also, this episode is brought to you by. Henzo Gracie Academy of Ramapo Valley, New Jersey. Save 10% if you use the code MARKTHESHARKMMASHOW. Call them today at 201-580-0581. All right, guys, we're back on the show. And today in the Shark Tank, we have a special guest, Leo Pla. Am I saying your name correct? Yes, sir. Yes, you are. Uh Professional MMA fighter. So, uh, Leo, give us a little background. Like,
0: Where are you from? How did you get started in MMA? Well, I am, I'm 37. I'm originally from Kansas City. Okay. Uh, I started back in 1999 uh, is when I oh, started. Oh, wow. You've been doing I, it for a long time, man. <laughs> yeah, I started with karate back then. Um, you know, I wish I was started a lot sooner, but the reality is my parents couldn't afford it. And so when I was old enough, I was able to work, you know, save up some money. And that's how I really got started. That's when I got started. However, my love and my passion for it started way before that. Um, One one of my fondest memories is a movie called uh, Barry Gordy the Last Dragon. (laughs) That's one of my (laughs) inspirational movies. I'm dead serious. That's one of my inspirational movies for uh, for how, how I got started, actually. Yeah, I remember that movie. I remember. I remember. Oh, the uh, the irony of of all that is in that movie. What little people don't know, a few people may may not know, is his style of uh, of karate that he's actually using is uh, a Go or uh, Chinese Goju, which is uh, one of the styles that I use, which is Yonsei Goju Karate. So, a little <laughs> weird fact. <laughs> yeah,
3: what is that? What's that style of karate? Is that like more?
0: Um... Chinese based, uh, that's, that's no. That's well, Go Goju Goju, Goju, oh, Goju. Is actually. Oh, that's uh, open now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I come out of USA Goju, which is Peter Urban. But in that movie, I didn't know this until later on. Was he does use Goju, and I was like, oh man, that's so, you know, <laughs> the irony of that. So, yeah. yeah, that's a kind of unique style the Goju. They got like you like
3: weird stances, right? Yeah, um, they've got some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they do a lot of breathing exercises, right? From, yes. From, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I did um, when I was a kid. I did Shotokan and I did Taekwondo when I was a teenager. So I kind of I was like uh, I was a martial arts fanatic dude when I was a kid. I had Bruce Lee posters, old posters, all
0: over my foot in the wall. <laughs> I uh, think everybody, and you know what? Anybody who grew up in the '80s, that's that's where I was at, man. It was just karate, martial arts. Van Dam movies. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I wish they that, still and tell people that. I wish they still had that. They don't
3: have uh martial art based movies anymore. That was I, I missed that, man. You used to have like those ninja movies. I mean you had you had everything. Yeah. in the seventies. Then you had yeah. more is in the early eighties, then Van Dam in the late eighties, nineties, and then you had like a few well, actually then there were some ninja movies Shoku, Tsuji, like Benjamin and Ninja. And then I missed that stuff, man.
0: Yeah, man, that was a different era. There was a different genre of people, and I'm one of those kids that came up idolizing that kind of stuff. Yep. You know, and uh, that's why I followed it because it's something I really fell in love with. Yeah, I, I could, I could see that
3: because I was pretty much the same way, you <laughs> know. Those movies, but yeah, it, I mean, it. Although I have to admit, though, after watching, I would say ever since MMA came out, it's kind of hard for me to watch. Like, it, it, you it, still it, make it, Kung Fu movies, but they're just not popular. <laughs> you see them on Netflix. Like it's, it's hard for me to right. watch.
0: You know? It's hard. It's like anything else, though. um not, not that I'm comparing it to cartoons, but, like, as a child, you're you're at awe about what you're watching, you know? Yeah. And as long as you keep it within that realm of I, I love this for what it is, you'll always love it.
3: Yeah. So how long did you stay with uh, Goju Karate
0: for? Man, I did that for a long, long time. Um, I still practice kata from time to time. I I forgot a lot of it. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I forgot it all. (laughs) um, I still practice it from time to time. But when I fight, I still use it. I still use all the principles and fundamentals of it. Yeah. As as, as far as the philosophy um, like that is concerned, I still use it. Wow. And then
3: you got into mixed martial arts. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: like what was your like first like martial art that you got into that led to that? Was it jujitsu or was it boxing or kickboxing? It was uh, uh it was a lot of people they started out as karate and once they saw the UFC they started doing jujitsu and they did that and they got into MMA. Well,
0: what happened this is it's a it's a kind of a weird story. What happened was we started, a couple of guys from my gym or from my dojo, we started getting into uh, pancreation, which a lot of people don't know what that sport actually is. Pancreation is a predecessor to MMA. Um, yes. And we actually started doing that. And a guy that we trained with, he, mm-hmm. <laughs> he remodeled houses. And a guy that he would hire would come in to do the floors. Well, the guy who did the floors did jiu-jitsu by chance at this other gym. He's like, hey, you're a big guy, why don't you come train with us? And our friend was like, hey Leo, we got this, I found this guy, he does Florida, but he also, he's a wrestler who does Jiu Jitsu. Why don't you guys go over there? Why don't we all go over there? And so that's how we all (laughs) started doing Jiu Jitsu and started cross training. And I ended up staying at that school for um, Jiu Jitsu. And the, the guy's name happened to be Steve Crawford who ran the school. Steve Crawford's been around for as long as I've been alive. Longer than I've been alive doing jiu-jitsu. And he's trained with all – I mean, he's trained with everybody. He's trained with LaBelle, um, a great uh, – oh, gosh, one of the Gracie's, Goker, yeah. uh, Catch Wrestling, you name it, he's he's done it and he's been with them. And wow. that's how we kind of got started off of a <laughs> third-party uh, friendship. Now
3: when you did pancreas, did you do the one in Japan? or were they like local in
0: the U.S? Uh, he was actually out in California doing stuff.: Oh that's okay. how he learned he was actually he learned it all out when he happened to be out in California at the right place at the right time and just learned everything from all those guys out there, and then came back to Kansas City with all you know, he goes out there and then comes back and brings it all back and then starts his own thing. And so that's how we got hooked up with him. But when you did pancreas, cause you said you did pancreas, uh, pancreas fighting. Oh, pancreas, no, I didn't, yeah. no, 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 I did pancreation. Oh. oh, okay, yeah. I'm thinking
1: like the pancre- like
0: that Cam Rocks did. No, no, I did pancreation. And so what happened was pancreation was trying to make a comeback um, after years. um. And for some reason it, it, it was doing good and then it kinda fell off. And now it's trying to kinda make a comeback. Um for yeah. some reason or another. I don't know why it fell off. And well, you know, now it's coming it's like it's like anything else, has everything has its cycles. Yeah. Um creation yeah. is old, yeah.
3: That's the, the thing that Josh Burnett does,
0: right? Uh kind of actually. He he comes out of catch wrestling. Um yeah which is a style that we kind of learned, <laughs> uh-huh. which is a brutal style of, uh, it's not jiu it's still ground fighting with some pancre- yeah. or, uh catch wrestling is well over 200 years old. Yeah. So how did you get into the Pancratian stuff? Because it's not like there's
3: a school that says, oh, uh, we teach here." It's not
0: like you know, <laughs> Man, like I said, I just wanted to fight. When I was 17, I just wanted to fight. And so this was a tournament. That was a tournament over there. Like, however, wherever I can get my hands on and just go fight and compete with our, my sensei, he was all about it. Like, hey, man, whatever, wherever you want to fight and compete, go do it. So even though I, I come out of a karate school, yeah, whatever we wanted to do as far as competition, he was all about it. He hated point competition cause we because he didn't look at it as – well, we are karate and sensei and this and that's like no, no, no. If you're gonna learn to fight, you might as well train to fight, and you might as well fight. And so he was all about kickboxing tournaments. He was all about pancreation tournaments. He was all about judo. Whatever, like I said, any style of form of fighting that you can compete in, by all means, go do it because it makes you a better martial artist, and it makes has you gives you a better understanding of competition. Right. So there's different ways to compete. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit what you learn. Don't limit what you practice. Oh, okay.
3: That's a good philosophy, actually. Now, did you do any wrestling to prepare yourself for
0: this? For the nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man. I swear to God, I didn't. I just whatever I could pick up and learn, however, wherever, and however I could, I did. it. Oh, wow. Yeah,
3: well,
0: How was the level of competition
3: in that organization? I mean, it couldn't be... It not, was uh well no I mean know, I, people from different styles right it wasn't like pan- yeah lonely. yeah
0: it was it was different because you it's a tournament and it's a tournament style and whatever you got is what you got and in pancration back then I don't know how it is now it was full contact it was what you just couldn't hit to the face that's all it is it's MMA and you could not hit to the face. In wow. some organizations there was no gloves, some organization was, was gloves. And but you still could not hit to the face. And so it was full, it was just imagine MMA rules, just no gloves. So you can do and, uh, No, no, yeah. nothing to the face. Wow. Yeah. knees, wow, right. kick, elbow, slam, you could pick up a guy and just drop him. <laughs> you, you could just slam him. But it was point based. If it didn't, it was one 5 minute round, point based. Uh, unless you got by a submission and then you would win, but it was all point based. So if you if just someone like, took you down, you got a point for that. Yeah, if you yeah, if you took him down and and if you were able to hold him down, you know you double leg a guy, you hold him down, that was uh one or two points. I don't remember. Now if you could throw a guy, you? that was like two or three points.
3: What's that? And would they stand you back up, like after they gave you the point, or did they just
0: let you go? No, they they let you go. Like oh, I said, okay, if you're so able to throw a guy on the side, have Yeah. Oh, okay.
3: That dude, that sounds interesting. that dude, interesting.
0: Shit. Yeah, well, take the man, guy man, down, man. but you gotta hold him down and hold your positioning. You know, point. Just like wow. a just like wrestling. You just can't take the guy down and just oh that's the point. No, hold him down, control it. You know, no 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 little tap kicks or tap punches. No, you gotta let the uh, body displacement. Wow. Oh you so in MMA now, right? What's that? Yeah, yeah, I'm still competing in MMA, but I took a break from that because I got into the bare knuckle boxing, which was a lot more fun. Uh, <laughs> I started doing some kickboxing again because I just enjoy it. Oh, so you're doing more kickboxing now, too. Yes, sir. More kickboxing and more uh, bare knuckle boxing. Oh, are you in that? Uh, I just recently found out
3: about this not too long ago. There's, uh the thing that's like on YouTube, Bare Knuckle Federation or whatever it's
0: called? Is that? What uh, you're well, talking? I actually, yeah. Well, sort of. I actually fight for a guy named Dada Five Thousand, um, and in his promotion called Brawl, which is uh, it's actually on Netflix, and I'll, I'm on season two of it. Whenever it comes out. Oh, I okay.
3: got Netflix. I'll check it out, man.
0: It's not season two is not out yet. It's supposed to come out in the fall. Okay. Um, I don't know when. He's not telling me when. He's not telling any of us when. But it comes out in the fall, and that's kind of where I'm going, leading towards right now. As of right now, not to give MMA a break. I'm giving MMA a break. I've done it. You know, um, it's fun. But let me let me once again let me go branch out and explore and do other things as well in the in the realm of uh, fighting. In the realm of competition. Wow man, that's that's amazing. You're still
3: going you're going everywhere. Now in the yeah. how does that work? I mean you just got your hands wrapped, right? Just, so you, so you
0: just your no, your just your wrist. Just the wrist. And then how and are the rounds wrist. like? Are they shorter or longer? The same? No. Nope. Um for, well when I fought for BYB, when I fought for Brawl, it's just tape your wrist and it's five three minute rounds. Wow. Around the there's three, Yeah, it's still three minutes around, but you only do five five rounds. Wow, and how 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 many matches do you have with those? Uh one. <laughs> one so far. <laughs> I'm okay. looking that's for my second one.
3: And that, that that's the one that's gonna be on Netflix? Yes. Yep. Oh
0: yeah. okay. Yeah. It's called Dog Fights. Season two is coming out. Season one's already out, but they changed it, it around a lot. Dog Dog fights? fights. Yeah, D-A-W-G. Dog fights. D-A-W-G? Yep. Fights.
3: Ah. Okay. And now, are you guys, like, fighting in the backyard? or?
0: Well, originally, it started as – that's why it's called BYB Backyard Brawl. It, It originally started in the backyard of Dada 5000's house. That's where all that's originated from. I thought it all got started. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And then we ended up on, uh, he ended up in Cheyenne. We ended up doing a pay-per-view. <laughs> and so, you know, he's got his own story. He's got his own story behind that promotion. Wow. And anything else I cannot do do talk about it? right now.
3: How did this stuff come out? Because it seems like it's getting more and more
0: popular, that
3: bare knuckle stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what it is man i think people are a little hungry for a little change and this just might be it i don't know if this is a change that people are looking for uh-huh. but this could be one of the changes people want um it, people have their opinions on it and you know it is what it is but it's, it's fun and it is, it is exciting <laughs> I can say that There's a much. lot
3: of, like, MMA, like, UFC fighters doing
0: it. hmm Both the
3: men and women. So it's What's of, that? I see both men and women, former UFC fighters, both men and women doing it now.
0: Yeah, you know, it's uh, dirty – or, bare knuckle boxing, really, it's, it's dirty boxing at its best. Honestly, guys, in my opinion. It's dirty boxing at its best because MMA guys – you change your stance for. I mean, we box. We can't box, but our boxing is MMA driven because of you know you got your takedowns, you got everything else. Where in straight up boxing. You don't, and so this is a a good mix of straight boxing and MMA boxing.
3: Mm.
0: Like I said, it's just dirty boxing. And then you're saying you're still doing kickboxing. Like what's the, is it? American
3: style kickboxing or Thai boxing or?
0: Um. Well. <laughs> prior to that, I had an offer to go out to Holland to fight. And so my I did my my, my bare-knuckle boxing fight, and then I went out to Holland eight weeks later, and I fought in, out in uh, Holland, and I beat one of their guys for a world title out there, and that was fun. And they call it K-1 style kickboxing, which basically you can hold and just, you got to strike right afterwards. Oh, so you're
3: a world champion
0: now. Yes,
3: sir. <laughs> <laughs> that's I didn't
0: you, you didn't ask so i didn't say and i'm the kind of guy if you don't ask i'm not gonna say <laughs> hey that's
3: good man it's good to be humble no one likes no one likes cockiness you know it's good to be humble
0: you know That's just, where, I, was,
3: martial just martial martial I was raised you know you can't be cocky if you're a martial artist because there's always someone that can kick your ass you know that's my philosophy yeah. someone better than
0: you that can kick Yep, your and run. i try i try my hardest not to be or to be humble And just not to be cocky out there. Yeah. So
3: now that you're doing this bare knuckle uh, fighting, you find yourself doing more boxing and training, or are you still doing the the jiu jitsu and the kickboxing?
0: What's it like now? I, like I said before, I train and I just train until, hey, Leo, we got a fight coming up. Okay. Then I specifically train for that fight. But otherwise, I just train. Wow. gi jitsu no gi jitsu boxing, kickboxing, and uh, NMA sparring, you like thumb wrestling, you know, like whatever. Connect forward, whatever, however we're going to train, that's what we're training until it's a very specific fight, then we get ready for that fight. Oh, that's interesting. Man. That's great.
3: Now, do you have your own school or?
0: No, 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 <laughs> no. I train at the UFC Gym Lone Tree here in uh, South Denver.
3: Oh, okay. I was just figuring about now that maybe you'd uh you have your own school because you've been trained. No,
0: man, I would not want to run my own school. I would not want to run my own business.
1: It's
0: I've done it before. I'd never do it again. <laughs> it you know, it's a twelve hour day on your day off. You <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. So, I hear you. No thank you. Now if you had to pick a
3: particular fight that you've had in the past, um Who's
0: your toughest opponent? Toughest? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I don't know about toughest, because at the end of the day, you know, I hate to say cliche, but like everybody says, man, we're all ready to fight and we're all ready to bang. But, oh man, I think uh, there's a guy in Bellator. He wasn't Bellator. I fought him early on in my career and and in his career, and his name was J or is it's Jason Norwood? Okay. Um, man, we beat the hell out of each other for for 15 minutes. (laughs) I mean, we just pummeled each other. He take me down, he ground and pound, and the referee was setting us up, and I beat him down. I wouldn't take him down; I just beat him down. And then he take me down, and then you know that was it was 15 minutes of us just beating the living hell out of each other. It was fun. It was great because both of us were not from from that city or from that town or whatever, and man, the, the people who would just watch us fight. They were just cheering us on because they were watching just two guys just beat the living hell out of each other, and I I, I don't enjoy being that, getting the hell beat out of me, but I enjoy the crowd reaction of them cheering us on, and they don't know who we are, and they just love the, the, the show that we're putting on. So Jason Norwood, I would say, is my toughest opponent.
3: Wow. Now, have you thought because now you're now how do, now do you see like like that bare knuckle boxing mean, It hasn't gotten to the level of like traditional boxing right in terms of the, uh af for fighters yet right like yeah. I'm not talking Floyd Mayweather I'm talking like for the average pro fighter that goes in there and fights is it like are you getting paid would you get paid better doing a bare knuckle match
0: as opposed it's, to- it's about the same. It's it's about the same as. You know, as you're getting right now, not like a high – not your high, high-level MMA guys, but your decent MMA guys. You, it's about the same pay, honest to God. Oh, uh, okay.
3: Okay, and in, uh, you,
0: have you ever thought about doing the regular boxing and becoming, like, a pro there? I did. I've done I've done pro boxing. I'm 5'7 and 2 in pro boxing. Oh, damn, dude.
3: So, what is <laughs> – you do pro you got pro boxing matches, kickboxing world champion kickboxing the K1's mm-hmm. bare knuckle fight. Yep and MMA. And, yep. Oh, damn it. I have 40, 52 fights total. hmm Holy shit. What is the worst injury you ever got in a
0: fight? Uh worse injury? Yeah. Uh Probably when I fought Keith Tapia on uh, World Premier Championship Boxing, he knocked me out unconscious. Okay. And, they, and the, he knocked me out with ten seconds left in the fight. With ten seconds left in the fight, and uh, I went, I took a step back. He hit me, and knocked me out. I was unconscious for about a minute. Wow. And I had a concussion. Breaking. I had a bad. I, had a, I got a pretty bad concussion. But that's it. I mean, broken hand, broken foot. Stuff like that. Who cares? It's it's you know, I can care less about that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah.
3: So you had to be kept up all night, right, from the concussion when that happened? or?
0: Yeah, I was. Uh, I was on ninety day medical suspension. Like no contact, no train. I I, I couldn't hit pad work. I couldn't do anything. It sucked. Wow. That's why I said it was the worst the worst injury I've ever had because I couldn't do anything. Wow, that's
3: crazy. So you only got knocked out once in your fight career, or? been knocked out before. unconscious
0: like that un- un- unconscious unconscious like that yeah one time wow and that was boxing you said right yep that was boxing
3: wow man now out of all your fights which is the one that you felt like this meant the most to you like that you you know it's the most memorable it means the most to you personally like is there any particular fight
0: not really um, man, you know, you know what it is. It's, uh, as long as the promoter treats me right and treats me with the uh, uh, most respect and doesn't take me, you know, take advantage of the fighters. Um, I love promotions. I love fighting for everybody. Um, BYB, Dada 5000, and Saul Ramos, and everybody that's involved with BYB has treated me with love and respect. Um, the people out in Holland, that promotion has treated me with love and respect. And I, I, I'd fight for all of them. And I have my, I would have my guys fight for all of them. Honestly.
3: Hmm, interesting.
0: Now, I would have thought like that one in Holland would have been like, oh,
3: you know, I got a world championship belt. But that's pretty interesting. Now,
0: how long do you see yourself doing fighting? How long do I keep fighting? you think I would keep fighting? I'm 37. Here's the thing. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't party too too often. <laughs> Not to say I don't go out and have a good time. But like I I've took care of myself my whole life. Um I could probably fight until I'm forty four, God willing. You know. As long as I'm keep my body intact and nothing outside of things I can't control in life um happen. I I can see myself fighting for until I'm forty four, honest to God. Wow. I'm in the gym every day, I train every day. You know, it
3: <laughs> That's great, that's great. Because some people, like you know, they get injured and then ends their ends of their career or whatever. But that's pretty good, Max. You've been fighting for like a long time. Holy cow! Man, now, how
0: do you feel the sport
3: has changed? The sport of MMA? You know,
0: um, uh, well, the sport is evolving faster than people can keep up. Mainly, in my opinion, mainly because of of YouTube. You know. I give YouTube a lot of credit because now guys can be like, "Oh, look at this cool move this guy did." And nobody's ever seen it before, and that's why he won. Or beforehand, it was all it was all VHS cassettes. Yeah. You know, and and and, and you're lucky if you can get a hold of it through like fifth hand. You know, you heard of this guy that did a move, but you didn't see it. So you have no idea how it works. Now, now you can live stream on uh, on Facebook. You know, you can just live stream it and a million people are going to watch it and you're going to have a million likes you know and so now some 10 20 30 gyms are like oh, i'm to break this move down and figure it out and all of a sudden you know next week that move that the guy won a world title wasn't doing it in mma and everybody's like oh man we got to figure out how this move works you know and things like like that help sport out honest to god and then you got uh, personal trainers who watch who on the same thing. Hey, man, this is what I do, and this is what I do. And all of a sudden, their guys that they train may not be as technical, but they're way stronger, or or have more conditioning, or something that beats that other guy based off one thing that the other guy was not prepared for. And so, another gym takes those two elements and adds it to his curriculum. And, and the, you know, so forth and so on. And so that's why I think the sport evolved because it's, now it's not just martial arts. It's a, it's an overall athlete. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Now, and you got
3: to keep up with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always something changing, you know. Yeah. You know, I see it a lot in jiu-jitsu, too. And a lot of stuff keeps changing,
0: you know. yeah. It, it's not just like you know Mark Coleman is the grand, grand the grandfather of ground and pound, but it's not just the days of Mark Coleman just being able to take you down and ground and pound you out. That 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 works, but it doesn't work ninety percent of the time. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know
0: the principles are there. the principles will always be there, but there's guys going oh man you know what I saw this guy get out of a hold based off just this one move, and it's it was just this, you know where and then another guy takes it like I said he elaborates on it. And yeah. so those days are just gone. Yeah. I mean, that's, in my opinion, that's every sport. That's not just MMA, every sport. Because VHS, you know, is dead. And YouTube, Face, Facebook Live is 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 where it's at. Uh, even, hell, like you podcast, you know, people talk about something and some other guy researches that. Yeah. And so cool. it's the availability of technology.
3: Yeah. That could be a... Uh double legged sword though right sometimes <laughs> yeah you know? what's that yeah uh, i mean you know, like you can learn stuff from you know from youtube but it doesn't it doesn't replace the uh the aspect of actually uh of experience you know right oh absolutely absolutely yeah. you know absolutely like not. in the old days you know we used to get i'm sure you did the same thing because from the same time you know you get like the Bruce Lee fighting method books or whatever and you try to <laughs> <laughs>
0: you
3: try to yep. figure out the move from watching it in a book but it's trying to
0: put everything in a, you know practice
3: is where it's at you know
0: yes yeah yeah and that, that, and then, no that's exactly correct cuz in a book it's like a b c and that's how it was like man i can't figure this out but then you saw it on a video like oh that's how that works yeah and, and before you know vhs you had to rewind do it again and now you can just watch that thing in slow motion. Yep. You know, oh, watch somebody use it. Oh, okay, I get it now. Totally yeah. different
3: scenario. And what are your thoughts on performance enhancement drugs that you see a lot of these fighters getting caught with nowadays?
0: <laughs> What's my stance on? Oh man. So <laughs> here, here's my thing on it. Yep. And and it, people may may not like what I'm gonna say. Honest to God, I don't care. Same here. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care because it's this. If you do something long enough, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Uh, a professional in any sport, he needs to take something to, for recovery. Would I do him? Absolutely. But I would not do anabolics. I would do it for recovery purposes because, man, your biceps hurt. Your knees hurt the next day. And guys like me, I get up at sometimes five thirty in the morning, go train for two or three hours, go to work for nine hours, and then go live for two hours. That's a long day. Do you That'll really think crazy. just protein powder <laughs> will make me go back again the next day? You know not to say i, I I'm on PEDs right now, which I am not because honest to God, it's for the same purposes that most guys. Don't want to do them because they're banned, yeah, you know, and so and, and I really can't afford <laughs> I can't afford it, but you know, after a certain age, it's just not the same. You take twice as much long to recover as as a younger guy, you know we, it's just not there, and unfortunately, I am goal driven, fortunately, I am goal driven. So regardless if I hurt, I'm going to go back the next day, but to compete at a high level, at the highest level possible. Yeah. You need something a little extra so that your neck doesn't hurt so that your shoulders fine. You know what I mean? So that you can go in there and compete or, or uh, train at the highest level possible. And people would disagree with that, but at the same time, you're still going to watch the show. You're still going to go watch the fight. And while yeah. people are competing, they don't care. Yeah. The pe- spectators do not care what you're on. It's only after the fact do the, the spectators care. Because yeah. if you knew beforehand, you wouldn't watch it. Or you'd have your opinion on it.
3: Yeah. I, I'm, I, I honestly believe that, like, everybody's pretty much on it. You know? Yeah, you kind of have to be. I, the only I think the only way they can be able to, like, get rid of it is like if the organization i guess somehow didn't put pressure on the athletes maybe that that's my yeah i mean because if you're a professional athlete chances are you're going to be fighting against a guy that does it
1: you know yeah yeah yeah
0: you know? and like i said though it, it's hard and nobody cares if you're on it and it's they only care when you get caught yeah. You know, but but here's the thing though, here's the contradiction. It's called a performance enhancer. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see where people the contradiction lies? It's a performing enhancer. So where does it's not a performance de enhancer? I'm not I'm not taking away from my performance. I'm making it better. Yeah. So it's kind of a <laughs> they need a re um reword that honestly because if that's the case if that's the case basketball players shouldn't be wearing shoes We're, i mean a certain brand of shoes because it enhances their performance right yep so All then right. you can you can have performance enhancing gear that's okay i can do something externally but i can't do something internal internally To make me better. Exactly. I don't know. That makes kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't
3: know if that makes sense. Uh huh. Oh no, I I I I I understand everything. Yeah, I just think it's kind of crazy how like, you know, they catch somebody, and everybody's surprised. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, if you don't think Overeem is on, not on steroids, then there's something wrong with you. Because when that guy started fighting, he was, like, 190 pounds. It was, like, an average oh. guy. Now he's, like,
0: Yeah, two, I mean, he was tall. Three. But, like, you see him in his K-1 glory? Dear God, he was a monster. Yeah. But if you
3: look at him in pride, he was, like, 190, dude. Uh, yeah.
0: I yeah. know. He was tall and lanky, but he was not the, the K-1 beast that you know <laughs> I mean but I mean, you know it's obvious the guys have something, <laughs> oh absolutely, absolutely, but like people compete about sports, but like like I said, the, we're out here training, or not we not on all of us, some guys like me have jobs, yeah, you know there's other I wish I could train full time but and so those guys that do train full- time. that becomes their job. their job is to perform. Yep. their job is to entertain. At the end of the day, regardless of what you fight, whatever you do, you are an, an entertainer, and it, sometimes it really is hard to get out of bed, or sometimes it is really hard to go to sleep. Sometimes it really is hard to just, oh, man, I can't even, you know I can't even run today because my back hurts. So I can't blame a guy who go, "Man I'm going to take something just fucking so go go run." And then he goes, you know what? I'm going to take it again because I like how it, that made me feel. Instead of running two miles, I ran three miles. You know, instead of benching 250, I did 300, so forth and so on. And you can't blame a guy for that.
3: Yeah.
0: He's trying to make a living. At the yeah. end of the day, we're all trying to make a living. You know? you
3: martial arts training in the morning, you said? You yeah, at- yeah.
0: Wow. Right before I go to work. Yeah, uh, so I post videos of our of training. Time. Got training
3: in the morning around here, you're lucky, man.
0: <laughs> well, our our gym opens up at like the UFC gym in Lone Tree opens up at uh, I think at six, and so we're hey, I got to get to work, but I got to get this, I got to get this uh, wrestling in, I got to get this sparring in, I got to get this met session in, I got to train. Yeah, and
3: you know, then you know, I got to go to work. Now let me ask you a question, like, cause we got UFC gyms around here too. But are those sessions private just for professional, like, fighters like yourself? It can't be just, like, the average Joe that's going in there.
0: No, yeah. They've got their own – we've got our own um, fighters-only type of scenario uh, okay. classes. One
3: guy's got the key to this school, and he lets you in, and you get your workouts in.
0: Yeah, more, more or less. they got other classes going on at that time. Yeah. But everybody knows like who,
3: who we are –
0: you yeah, we pay a regular
3: membership. Picking the uh the dummies, that that's you know. <laughs> out. But like yeah. the wrestling and stuff like that, and what you guys are doing, that's probably private, right?
0: Yep, yep. That's a different thing. It's our it's our own deal. Um, not to say like, hey, you want to kick Wheels butt today? He'll let you work work out a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, here I'm a I'm a dummy here. You can beat up on me today, and some people enjoy it. You know, like, oh, man, I get, to fight. I get to train with a fighter, and they're in there training with fighters. Yeah. And that's – honest to God, that's what – one of the reasons I really, really love um, MMA, boxing, kickboxing. It's not like football or basketball to where um, you'll – if you if you like to play football, you'll never be on a football field with your favorite player. Exactly. see what I'm saying?
2: Exactly.
0: Like, there's a lot of gyms out here where your your favorite – fighter he's right there training right next to you right next by you yep. or he's on the on the heavy bag or whatever. And you might be doing uh kickboxing <laughs> class but he is right there training just like you are and that that's what separates our sport from every that, other sport
3: yeah
0: it's the same thing in jiu-jitsu
3: man like you know i go to a you know when i was like a blue belt competing i'd be like competing you know in uh abu dhabi pro jiu-jitsu trials and a few mats down from me, I got like Keenan Cornelius. Well at that time he was a yeah. problem. But you know, the guy was well known. You know, yeah, he's right like there. Right like you are. Competing. We're all competing on this in the same event. I mean obviously in different categories,
0: but, but yeah. You don't. Know, but he's still in awesome the same building as you are. He's still in the same set set of mats as you are. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then you're I mean, still in line like you were, registering his name. Okay. <laughs> Yeah,
3: it's kind of, it's kind of cool, you know, and then, you know, then I've been to like, you know, sessions where I go to Marcelo Garcia's school in the city, you know, rolling around with some of his world champions right in front of him, and I'm like, wow, man, I get my ass kicked, yeah. get my ass kicked in front of like, you know, by one of Marcelo's top like, well, at the time, he just got promoted to black belt, but I mean, it was like, it was kind of cool watching me rolling in front of like a legend. Against yeah. one of his top world champions, dude. So I, I I I understand what you're saying. You know, you're not going to be, if you're at the basketball, being able to play on the same field as with Michael Jordan or whatever the top yeah are at this time. I, I really don't follow other sports other than MMA and <laughs> Jiu Jitsu. Right.
0: Yeah, um, it,
3: it's like, yeah, like uh the top guy
0: right now probably is McGregor. You know, yeah. not to say anybody can just walk into a session, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of guys who just there's they're training with him and they're his training partners. Yeah, and he probably started off in the same gym with a bunch of other guys. Like, oh man, I remember I should go to the gym with McGregor. He just first started, bro, and I got out. But like, I remember we should be there with him. I can't speak in you know that accent, but that would that would, that <laughs> would yeah, exactly. That's, a, that's totally an American accent. So just, just let everybody know, Yeah. but it's the, everybody gets the idea. <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
3: Now, do you have any like other? I mean, we know we got that event that's coming out on Netflix, but do you have any other like bare knuckle or boxing match or kickboxing matches that are coming up in the near future that you yeah. like to mention on the show?
0: Here? Yeah, but I can't say them. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, okay, because you're not allowed, right? I, I do, but I can't say it just yet. I okay. wish I really wish I could, but I can't say. It. All I can say is. Uh, dog season two is coming out. Netflix in the okay. fall. Okay. Uh, just keep an eye out on that. I don't know when, but just in the fall. And that's the only one I could talk about right now. Okay.
3: Uh, these other ones that you can't talk about, are they
0: MMA boxing or kickboxing? Which one are they? I can talk about everything else. Absolutely. I can talk about everything else. I just can't talk about anything that's coming up. Oh, you no, know, no, I'm saying,
3: is it, which sport is it? Is it boxing?
0: Oh, it's, it's, it's a bare knuckle. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's,
3: it's,
0: it's, a, it's a bare knuckle, yeah. Oh, okay. I
3: just I had a feeling that was it. I just
0: wanted to just double check.
3: <laughs> and then obviously you hit me up on Facebook when those other ones come out. And yeah, I could yep. on, um, yeah,
0: I'll post them. I always post everything, um, let people know what's going on.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can share it on, on the Mark the Shark MMA show Facebook page or hit me up on Facebook to share Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Now, do you have any um, sponsors you want to mention on the show at all?
0: Max Muscle with Parker. They always hook us up, hook me and my team up with whatever we need. Great product, great supplements. I love them. I love how they make me feel, honest to God. In fact, I just came to the gym. I was warming up right before you called me. I just pre-workout and a a fat burn. That's a lot of caffeine, but (laughs) it hits you going. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Now, if any potential sponsor or promoter or, you know, someone want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
0: Honest to God, you can either Facebook me at Leo Pla. It's a picture of me holding the – standing with my world title belt. Or you can just call me at 970 779 Okay. Well, Leo, it was great having you on the show.
3: Uh, good luck with your future unannounced fights. <laughs> can't talk about. I, I,
0: I, I can't. I can't say it yeah. oh, I just I understand. I understand. It.
3: But I'm wishing you good luck anyway, man. I wishing you good thank luck. Thank anyway. All right. <laughs> thank you. I look you. forward. I look forward to when that uh, that uh, that show comes out on Netflix with your fight. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Hit me up after it comes out. Hit me up again, and we'll discuss that. All right, man. I will. I will.
3: All right, everybody. <laughs> back after the short break. Alright guys, this is Mark the Shark and I got some great news if you subscribe to my email list on my website I will email you a promo code that will allow you to save 20% on any MMA gear or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu gear put out by Hypnotic all you have to do is go to www.markthesharkmmmmashow.com and that is Mark with a C and not a K and subscribe to my email list go ahead and subscribe today
0: What's up, world? This is Will, and you are about to listen to the Mark the Shark MMA show. Enjoy the show!
3: All right, guys, we're back on the show, and today we got a very special guest, MMA fighter from Evicta, Kelly D'Angelo. How you doing today, Kelly? I'm
2: great. How are you doing?
3: Good, good, good. Where are you located?
2: I am in St. Louis, Missouri.
3: Okay, I'm over here in Jersey. How is it over there? You guys are like an hour behind, right?
2: Yes. That's why like the whole Eastern time thing. I had to think about it and like figure out where I'd be at Eastern time and yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that whole time zone thing throws everybody off. You have to kind of coordinate it. So, um, how did you get into the martial arts? (laughs)
2: Well, um, I'm a full-time firefighter, and um, when I moved to St. Louis, one of my co-workers an EMS took me to an event called Guns and Hoses, where cops box firefighters. And uh, it's a charity event. All the proceeds go to um, families that have had, um, you know, loved ones die in the field, and it kinda it, it even helps kids through college and stuff who's who's lost parents as first responders and uh so it was a really cool thing to to even think about being a part of but uh I went to it one year and was like that would be awesome I'd love to do that and uh turns out the chief that uh for the department I was volunteering I was like I know where you can go start training so I was like all right sure I'll I'll try boxing and uh did I think four or five charity events for that. And I had a coach that kind of was like, "Hey, have you ever thought about jiu-jitsu and wrestling?" and I didn't know what he was talking about at the time, but he uh he's like, "We're going to go to a gym and try it out. See how you do." And I did pretty good. So, um he's like, "I really think you should try MMA." And it just kind of uh snowballed from there and I fell in love with all of it.
3: Oh, that's interesting. So you're a firefighter. I'm assuming that's a pay yep. position, right? Because here in Jersey, yep. only certain cities do the firefighters actually get paid. A lot of it's a uh, volunteer. So- Well,
2: I actually, yeah, my my the town I grew up in was a pretty small town and it was only volunteer there. So I moved to St. Louis to become a full-time firefighter. So I'm, I'm a full-time firefighter paramedic.
3: Okay. Now, um, how many fights did you have as an amateur before you got into? Um, you're you're with Invicta now, right? Still five waiting?
2: boxing, yeah, yeah. Um, so amateur five boxing and then five MMA.
3: Oh wow! Okay. Now, am I wrong? But is Invicta the only organization that has female MMA fighters?
2: That has female or all-female?
3: All-female.
2: Yes. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're the only one that ha- is an all-female promotion. And it's it's pretty cool because they think of just about everything. Like, they even arrange for a girl to come to all our rooms and braid our hair for the fight.
3: Oh. I actually think that's so cool. Like, how they – how – I mean, I I don't know who the, the – uh, I think – I forget who the, uh, the owner is. But I kind of – remember looking at it a few years ago and I thought that was pretty cool how there's an organization just for women. Cause yeah. back in the day, I mean, I think Strike Force had a little bit I don't remember when Invictus started. I think it might have been actually before Strike Force. And then and then um, Bellator was trying to do a little bit, but they never really stuck with it. Um, to the way that the owner of uh, Invictus Who's the owner of Invicta, do you know?
2: Uh, Shannon Knapp is the main lady for Invicta. And it, it really, most of the, the veteran female fighters have at some point fought on Invicta or pretty much made their career through Invicta. So yeah,
3: a lot of them. like Chris Cyborg, right? I think the yeah. only one who didn't fight on there was Ronda Rousey. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think she's like the only one I can think of off the top of my head.
3: What about Misha Tate? Did she fight Invicta?
2: I think she did have a fight with him, a fight or a couple fights with Invicta.
3: And what about Gina Carrera? Did she have
1: one?
2: Gina did. Uh, Kat really? did. Um, yeah, there's, I think just about everybody has participated in Invicta or been signed or pretty much made their, their whole foundation through Invicta.
3: Now, it often makes me wonder why there hasn't been another um, organization trying to tap into that market. Because I think that's, like, it's, like, very niched because it's just all women. And I got to give women credit because I actually sometimes, when I watch a UFC event, I actually sometimes, like, when, let's say, the women are the co-main event, I actually sometimes get more excited about the women's co-main event than the men's main event. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's because, well,
3: I think women are, just more, I think you guys are more exciting. I think it's because I think mentality, I think, that, I don't know if it's they got to, they think that they have to prove more. I think that might've been some, like definitely a factor, like a few years ago. I don't know what it is now, but it just seems like the women tend to, uh, they tend to bang more, you know, they have no, no issue going in there and throwing leather and letting it all hang out. I I mean, some of the men
2: hold back a little bit. Maybe it's just we have pent up stuff we got to get out. I'm not sure, but I mean, it's it's definitely usually more aggressive with the girls, and a lot of the like a lot of my buddies from the firehouse and stuff. The first time they've watched an Invicta card, they're like way more interested in an MMA than they were previously, just because. It, they really do just put on a really good, like somebody's going to bleed on the card. Somebody's probably going to get TKO'd or knocked out. Like it's usually a pretty eventful uh, card with the Invicta and stuff being an all-female card. Like it's, I mean, I think that this last card, the one I was on, I'm pretty sure one of the girls like broke her ankle. Somebody in the crowd mm-hmm. said they thought when they, they took her out, there was like bone showing. So, I mean, we're, we go in there and we're like, ready to kill <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah i find that very interesting now with you're like what four and one now in invicta
2: um in invicta in invicta itself i am two and one
3: okay now how many like i mean your goal is to become the champ right that's like everybody's goal if they're you know fighting professional. Like how yeah. many fights do you think you have to get to be like, all right, I, you know, I deserve the title shot.
2: Um, it's really hard with Adam weight because it is like, it's not a very big division. And I feel like they just kind of pull Like one of the girls they had on the card this, uh, this round, I, I never even really heard of her before, but she's supposed to be a pretty good, uh, contender for the, the Adam weight belt. So. I mean, with the girls we have now in, in in there, I would think I mean, I don't know why I'd have to have more than like two more fights before I could be a, a contender if not sooner,
3: yeah, because if the pool's that small, I would think you would be able to fight quicker, right
2: yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. also kind of hard to get fights as an atom weight for some reason, like I don't know I guess why. there's
3: not that well, I would think there would be that many women at that weight division um, I mean they
2: it's not, there's not that many, but for some reason, uh, some girls kind of pick and choose. Um, like, uh, I've had some girls turn me down and, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's, I don't really know what's going on with that, but it, it seems a lot harder to get a fight at atom weight than it, it was at straw weight. So
3: now is Invicta, Invicta is mostly just shown on UFC fight pass, right? Yes. Does that mean that the UFC owns them, or are they just, or is Invictus still owned by the original owner, and they just pay the UFC a fee to stream their fights and help so, them out?
2: The the way we always were kind of explained is, um, I don't know if the best way to put it is, like, it's a sister promotion, but kind of like that.
3: Okay. Okay. Now, do you see yourself, like, do you have, like, an exclusive contract? Like, you got to do, like, a couple, three or four fights? Would evict it before you go anywhere else? How does that work for you?
2: Um, I actually, I have a contract with them right now. It's actually coming up. Um, so I don't know what we're going to do. They haven't contacted me or anything.
1: Okay. Um,
2: but they have, like, even when you're contracted with them, they have a pretty open contract. So if you get an opportunity, you know, Risen or, you know, another promotion, they're, as long as you tell them and, you know, it, it doesn't interfere with anything they're trying to put together, then they're usually pretty good about letting you fight on other promotions. Interesting.
3: Interesting. Now, do you have any like current fights coming up? Like in the near, in the near future or?
2: Nothing scheduled right now. I mean, I just fought, what has that been? Like three weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been like three weeks and, uh, I'm actually healing up a pretty significant injury from this fight camp that, um, so I missed weight for the very first time, this fight, um, out of my amateur and pro career by, uh, just under three pounds. And, uh, I couldn't really Did see really,
3: anything. Is that because of injury or.
2: Yeah. Um, so I didn't really see anything at the time, but after everything was said and done, um, I, I kind of put it out there on Facebook and let everybody know, not as an excuse, but just kind of let them know the battle. Um, mm-hmm. I actually tore my glute max, glute medius, glute medius tendon, and then the fascia in between the muscles.
3: Yeah. I kinda, <laughs> yeah I've, I've been having a lot of pains with, with my foot and my legs, too. Like, I've been sidelined from jujitsu since, like, January.
2: So when it's muscle and yeah, when it's muscle intended and, and stuff, it just takes forever. And I, I put a picture on my Facebook and I had like a, a lump on the side of my hip. It was like, I kind of joked and walked around the gym and was like, I got a tumor because yeah. it just like looked like a huge lump on the side of my hip. And, uh, it just, the swelling still hasn't went down and it's still kind of restrictive range of motion. And, um, when I, originally found out the injury it was like two and a half weeks out from my fight and um the doctor was like yeah you need to you need to stay off of this and like quit training for at least six weeks <laughs> it's yeah, like
3: good if you're
2: on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I'm like I'm fighting in two and a half so how about she get me through that and uh we'll work on some recovery after that so my usual cardio um I I run and, um, yeah, I couldn't run, run. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't run, so I was, like, swimming, and it looked crazy, like, my husband came home, and I had a, uh, you know, like, the, the bike stands where you can, like, put resistance on your bike, it just raises your bike off the ground, so, yep. could, so I had that set up in the living room and everything, so I could do my cardio in the living room when I got home from the gym, because I couldn't run or anything, and the pool would be closed, so I had that set up in there, and so I was doing every other cardio I possibly could because the loading of running just, it couldn't do it, or it would swell up so big I couldn't even train the next day.
3: Now, do you have so, any issues with your, um, I think it's a TFO or PFO and IT band syndrome? Do you have any issues with that, too? Uh,
2: No. An no, it, it it was all pretty much like glute max, glute medius. Pretty much, I broke my butt. Oh, wow. That
3: was from grappling, or was it from from kicking?
2: So, they think it started with overuse, um, and then when the actual tear happened, it was during grappling. So, right after it happened, um, pretty much my whole leg spasmed and everything locked up. And um, And was that... Huh?
3: So you knew when the injury
2: happened then? Oh, yeah. Like, I had to, to, get, to get it to let go. Um, I had to go to the doctor and get muscle relaxers and stuff because it wouldn't quit spasming. Oh, and I was actually, uh, I was on crutches for two days. Wow.
3: Resting <laughs> up now.
2: <laughs> yeah. you
3: back in the ring, you know, in a couple of months. Now, where do you see yourself going? Do you, do you prefer to stay with Invicta? if they, Let's say they renew your contract. You want yeah. Straight Invicta, or you want to like go to somewhere else, like the UFC or Bellator? Like, from women women's MMA fighters' perspective, what is the so, ideal organization to work with?
2: I I like um, Invicta a lot. They treat their fighters great. They put us in a great hotel. They make sure we're taken care of. Um, and they get like a couple fights with them. You you feel like. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's pretty personal. Like, you know, each other pretty well. Um, everybody that works for the promotions feels really personable and familiar. So I really like working with them. And I mean, really when it comes down to it, they give Adam weights the most opportunity because Bellator don't have a Adam weight, um, division. UFC doesn't have an Adam weight division. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's some, uh, like, Risen has atom weights. There's some stuff like that. But uh, as in any anything over here, Invicta is definitely the biggest opportunity for atom weights right now.
3: What's the weight limit for atom weights?
2: So, you have to weigh in. You get a one-pound allowance, so that makes it 106. Oh, shit. Oh,
3: okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I- Cause I, I'm looking at like uh, Shirt Dog. I think they have you classified as strawweight at one hundred and fifteen. I'm about the yeah. king atomweight. I'm like, huh? Because I think they just they just introduced strawweight to the UFC, if I'm not mistaken, right?
2: Yeah, and um, so this is my second fight as an atomweight. As a strawweight, I was a runt, like um. There's a couple girls I ended up training with. There's one girl I even trained with in Colorado that um, she fought as a straw weight. And her walking around weight was like 142. Holy shit.
3: Yes. You're, I, you know, I never, I forget who it was. I think it was uh, Misha Tate, And I forget who she was fighting at the time. And I found out how much weight that, that she would cut. I was shocked.
2: It is insane. I didn't think women
3: yeah. MMA fighters cut that amount of weight. I didn't think they, they did. I thought maybe it was like ten or, or ten or fifteen pounds max. So you're no, saying no. women walk around at what what weight did you just say? 150, 160?
2: No, like straw weight. Um, yeah, that's straw weight's one
3: twenty-five, right?
2: No, straw weight's one fifteen. Okay. And they some of those girls walk like right around one forty
3: dude that's like a big drop i didn't think so, didn't that much weight wow
2: so i was getting there like i'm five too so most of them were taller anyway mm. but um i was getting i so right now my walking around weight is i'm i'm 118 okay so i was getting in the ring most of the time with girls that are 20 pounds bigger than me which um i always thought girls bigger anyway even in boxing and stuff but uh. You know, my being a a boxer background, most of the people they would put me with would be like these grapplers and their main goal would be to get me to the ground. And if you have 20 pounds on somebody and you get to the ground, you feel it, you know, like it's it's definitely a difference than having somebody your size. So uh, there's a there's a girl I used to train with, Ashley Cummings. She's an Adam weight and Invicta as well. Okay. And uh, we're friends. She's a police officer, and she actually dropped at Adam weight, and she was telling me for a while, like, Kelly, you belong in Adam weight. You need to just make the drop because these girls are actually our size. So, yeah, like, the last girl I fought, I I saw um, a post somewhere that said that her last fight, she dropped from, like, 120-something to that. So, that's – I'm in the right weight class now. It's just, um, you know, I I definitely – (laughs) <laughs> I definitely had a lot harder fights in my past just from being with bigger girls. Wow. Now what does your
3: husband think about you fighting?
2: He actually fights too. He just hasn't was, went pro yet. I was gonna,
3: I was, was going to guess. <laughs> so yeah. Got, so he trains, so he understands exactly what you think. So when you're in there in the sauna or whatever cutting weight, does he keep you
1: company?
2: Yeah, actually he's uh he is really good. Um This weight cut was definitely my worst. So he, um, he felt bad because it just got where I quit sweating. Like I got out of, I got out of the salt bath and I got in the sauna suit to wrap up and keep sweating. And my body was so hot that I was actually evaporating the bath water off of me and I wasn't even sweating anymore. So he's like, later he's like I felt really bad because you know everybody kind of gets to that breaking point when they're cutting weight where they need somebody to push them and he's like I was trying to push you but you were just you know you couldn't do it so he felt kind of bad about it but he gets it you know it's I couldn't imagine going through a fight camp without you know with somebody who don't understand everything throughout the fight camp like the emotional roller coaster and what your body goes through and meal prep and you can't go to social events because you don't want to end up like eating shit that you know puts you off track
3: (laughs) yeah yeah i remember when i used to cut weight for jiu-jitsu tournaments my wife would always have me like family events and i would like just die yeah trying to cut weight
2: and And people people never get
3: it and then it's like the one time they actually take me to a restaurant that i wanted like the type of food i want to eat too you know, but meanwhile, like, the other times I'm cutting weight and taking to other restaurants I don't like. like
1: <laughs> you guys do this, piss
3: me off, you know?
2: Yeah, or there's a family member that's like, oh, come on, one bite's not going to hurt you, and I'm like... Yeah, they don't know. <laughs> yeah.
3: They don't know. Now, as a female fighter, are there, like, where do you train? Like, do you have, like, to go, like, different places to, to train with women specifically? I'm assuming at some point you still got to train with guys, because... There's probably
2: many female fighters, but I'm the only uh girl female fighter out of my gym. Um, we have a few jiu-jitsu girls that are great for me, and then um, so I'm out of St. Charles MMA. Okay. And we have Arnold Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and they um they have a girl my size. Um, she's fought on Bellator actually, Dakota Zimmerman. Okay. Uh, So like me and her will work together, but in my gym, I'm the only female, um, which I don't, I don't mind. Sometimes it's not even the, the female thing. It's just every once in a while, it'd be nice to have somebody your size. <laughs> so most who's girls the
3: ever... guy, who's the smallest guy in the gym? Do you have any guys that walk around at 120 or 130?
2: Yeah, we have a couple. Um, and if they're there, they'll they'll usually be my partners. But honestly, my husband, a lot of times, he's like 152. Um, a, a lot of times he'll be the smallest guy. Um, but we have a couple of shorter guys that's um, you know, even if they're bigger, if they're shorter, a lot of times they're better for me. I don't know if you know who Josh Sampo is.
3: No, no. No. Okay.
2: Well, he's uh he's he's been around for a while and he's usually one of my better um partners. So and he's pretty intense. Um his main background is wrestling. So um he's he's just one of those grinder guys. But um, you know, I got I have guys in my gym that are perfect partners for me. And honestly when you get in there with these girls and they like hit you or try to hold you down, you're like, well this isn't so because 'cause I'm used to a guy that's twenty, thirty pounds bigger than me. Doing the same shit to me, and it's way worse than this.
3: <laughs> so I guess in some respects it's advantageous, right? Because you're used to walk, walking out with a guy that's uh, stronger than you know, physically stronger than you, as compared yeah. to your opponent. That's, yeah. interesting. that's interesting. Do you have any kids yet or no? Because I know you oh, just be
1: married.
2: Oh or- no, just okay. three three dogs. Uh, I think we're up to thirteen chickens, four ducks. That's that's all I'm sticking with right now.
3: <laughs> wow! I thought I had a lot of pets. I got two cats <laughs> and a dog. Wow! You got me beat. <laughs> wow! That's interesting. So you're gonna st- you thinking of staying with Invicta, and then hopefully get your opportunity, to fight for the belt. Do you see yourself staying fighting for like how 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 much longer before you think you could retire? You're gonna be like. uh Randy couture doing it into your 40s or you just you have like a set a goal I mean, of mine it, like if i don't get to become the champ in like two years i'm done like what are your goals in the sport of mma
2: I, see i feel like so many people put a timeline on things and um honestly I, I get i get shit a lot i'm 32 and you have no idea how many family functions i go to and they're like isn't it about time you guys settle down and start having kids and you know and i I just feel like a lot of people put timelines on themselves for stuff like the world isn't like that anymore, you know it's not nineteen seventy mm-hmm. and uh you know i can't I can't have a kid and come back to this at this point, like you know it it would be way harder, so you know me and my husband's talked about it a lot we're I'm just gonna. I enjoy this. This is the thing. Like, it's not a job. It's not a. It's not a like I have to show up and do this. I enjoy it. Like every part of it. I enjoy the fight camp. I enjoy training. Whenever I'm not in fight camp and just going and hanging out to the gym. Right now, even when I'm injured, and I think when it becomes a, you know, a job, or when it becomes, you know, I think a lot of fighters realize that point when they say, "I'm no longer a fighter. I'm a trainer." Mm -hmm. you know i think i think it's gonna take that because um i'm gonna go as far with this and i'm gonna keep going and pushing for as long as my body will will take it or until i decide you know what i i think this is it i'm gonna start training other people or something like that
3: yeah yeah you know you gotta do what you gotta do right you only live once
2: exactly exactly
3: (laughs) One and step I that at a time myself,
2: like, between like, fighting and firefighting hell I never know when that's gonna be so I might as well be doing what I want when I go
3: exactly 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 <laughs> now so when you got into MMA you kind of didn't know about it but once you got into the sport of the MMA you know competing yourself did you you find yourself watching the sport more closely now like look checking out other female fighters and if you do is there any particular fighter that you said, oh, I want to be like her, you know, or maybe not be like her, like, say, like, maybe, like, copy her style, or maybe you like certain things that she does, and you like to add it to your game. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, I can't say there's anybody I want to, like, be like them, or anything like that. Um, a lot of these, uh, I always notice to, like, uh, something happens really awesome on a UFC card and you'll see people just sh- trying it at gyms like the next week. Um, styles can be copied, but I like, I like more looking at the fighter as in, um, you know, the, the people that are like super tenacious, like Nate Diaz. Yeah. It's not that he has this crazy style. He's just like, he's just crazy. He's just super tenacious. He just does what he feels like doing in the moment. And those are the fighters I really like. Um, yeah, or people like, yeah, Holly Holm. She's just built herself from the ground up. I mean, she started with boxing, so we have the same background. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she she doesn't do the crazy image stuff on Instagram or anything like that. She just She just enjoys the sport too, and just goes out there, fights, have a good time, and when she's ready to be done, she'll be done. Okay. So I can't say there's, like, a, a, per, a certain person or a certain style I go for or, um, you know, somebody I, I particularly follow, but I definitely study it a mm-hmm. lot more and try to add as much different style as I possibly can.
3: What about the former champ, Chris Cyborg? Did you see that fight with Amanda Nunes? Yes. Now, before the event actually happened and she got knocked out, who did you think was going to win that fight?
2: So the crazy thing is, is she did exactly what I said she would have to do to win. And it was, she's going to have to go out there, balls to the wall, for like the first 30 seconds to a minute and just throw everything she had at her and hope that something happens. Mm. So you because thought
3: you thought that Amanda was gonna win going into that fight?
2: I thought if she was gonna win, she was definitely gonna have to do it in the first couple minutes. But if she, if it would have went past that, I definitely wasn't, I wasn't counting on her gonna win. I, I thought Cyborg would have it.
3: uh so you didn't have it, in all right, so you, you, didn't, you you're kind of like not picking, but picking. You, you're like, uh, if it goes past a certain round, I thought Cyborg was gonna win that. But no.
2: she could,
3: she just had have a lot of wear and tear on her by now. You
2: know, I, I knew, I knew if it went past the first round, Cyborg would have it. But if Amanda could do something in the first couple minutes, I thought she could she'd have it. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's what she did. She came out. I, I think, I think Cyborg was even overwhelmed. Like, I don't even think she knew what to do for like those first couple minutes when she was thrown like that.
3: I don't think she's been hit that hard.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, it's true.
3: Usually, she just plows through people, right? Well,
2: pretty much everything Nunez throws is an overhand. So,
3: <laughs> but what power though? She could yeah, out.
2: exactly. Like everything's on it, but everything she pretty much just throws overhand. So,
3: so when you started fighting for a Vic, that was Chris Cyborg out out of that organization by that time or now.
2: Uh yeah. I think she was definitely out by that time. Um the first I was actually in the crowd for either the first or second Invicta though. Um whenever my friend Ashley fought. I had no idea I'd ever be in MMA. Like no idea. I just started amateur boxing. So, um I look back at that card and there was there was quite a few uh veterans and stuff on there. So, it's kind of funny to to even look at it and think I would, if you would ask me on that day, like, Hey, could you imagine being in this exact promotion like a couple of years from now? I would have told you you're crazy.
3: Now do you miss boxing?
2: I do. Um,
3: from a I love
2: MMA, but it's just always going to be my, my first love. Mm.
3: Do you think you could, do you think you would ever try to turn a pro? In terms of boxing, I, or do you think it, it you would have to, like, give up MMA for a while?
2: I think I'd have to give up MMA for a little while just because uh, it's what, I don't think you can – MMA, you do everything, I get that. But I don't think you can – I don't think you can compete in kickboxing fully, compete in MMA fully, compete in boxing fully. Like, it's – a lot changes. Like, in – I had a hard, uh, converting over to MMA, I had a hard time because your your stance changes. A boxer, you're like really, side, yeah, you're really sideways, your leg's out there, you know, um, and when I started MMA, people would just take out my front leg constantly yep. because of how my stance was. So, yep. you know, you change so much to have to try to go back and forth with that it, I think it's really hard.
3: Yeah. 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 Did you watch any of those bare knuckle matches?
2: Yes. And, um, my name has gotten thrown out there quite a few times for those. Um, and I would actually probably do it, but they, the promoter he, so we went back and forth on Facebook and he said, the smallest he could get would be a 115-er, and that would probably even be hard. So, I'm hoping in, like, the next year or so. If they, cannot, if they can give me a 105-er for it, I think I'd definitely do it.
3: Yeah. yeah. I've been watching a little bit of it. You had a couple guys on the UFC in there, like Joe Riggs and uh, Chris Lehman, whatever his name was. Lehman? Lehman? The crippler, whatever he yeah. called himself. Yeah, so that and you had um Connor's buddy over there who I think knocked out that guy that used to block. So
2: the Russian guy? Yeah. Yeah.
3: He got I think he got knocked out if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Now do you are you, do you compete in jiu-jitsu at all or are you just just train jitsu just for MMA? Um, I've
2: done I've done a couple competitions. I actually one of my coaches is wanting me to do um there's a Chicago competition coming up. Okay. Uh if I'm if I'm healed up enough, he they brought up uh there's one in Orlando at the end of July. And then uh I guess Worlds is in Vegas in August. So mm. there's there's definitely some stuff I'm looking at. It's just uh I love jujitsu. It's just standing at the competition all day. Like you're you know, like so for a fight, the worst part is the weight,
3: Yes. You know? The weight in a jiu-jitsu tournament
2: kills me. It's way worse. It's way worse than waiting for a fight. Because you're just sitting backstage waiting for a fight. But in a jiu-jitsu tournament, you wait, and you get it over with. And then you're like, well, shit, I'm waiting again.
1: Yes, yes.
3: <laughs> and a lot of them, like, you know, they work, they're they not really organized. i will say, all right, like, maybe you get there at 3, maybe you go, and you end up going at 8 o'clock, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I there's so- some organizations that are more scheduled, like the IPJF, but actually, a lot of the tournaments now, because it used to be open registration only, so people would sign up at the door. I, I hear a lot of them are getting rid of that because they're trying to like have it more on time because I guess a lot. Of, I don't know what took them so long. It's only been like 15, 20 years.
2: Yeah, but I think they try to make it like- all day. Yeah, they try to make like the bracket beforehand now, but still, so much shit changes, and it's like an emotional yeah. roller coaster because you'll be like. Oh, I'm up next, and then yeah. something changes, and you're like, "Oh, I got like 30 minutes," and yeah. then you're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going," and then you're not. So, it's a more of a wrestling like,
3: wrestling, like an organized wrestling tournament, and they're done. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, they have it like clockwork. You go at this time, and you're done. You know, I just I I never that. Understood
2: that. I did a, a grappling industries in Denver, Colorado. And they were probably the most on time I've I've.
3: I think they're the only ones on time.
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I
3: IBGF is good too, but I think uh, I think that's the one. My two guys from my school did I think, um, I'm pretty sure it was grappling industries. They were on time. They were actually done early. I was shocked. Like my guys were done by uh, the guys from my school were done by I think one. With the, oh wow! And they did Gi and no gi. I was like shocked. You know,
2: I mean, they had their stuff together when we did the, the Denver one. And then it's funny because my husband meddled. I think he got silver. Mm-hmm. And the guy that he beat went up to the table and stole his medal and walked off. Say what? No way. No. Seriously, the ah. guy went up to the table and stole a medal, got up on the podium and had one of the other guys from the division take his picture. Was that posted on Facebook? I don't. I they pro, I, they someone, I don't know if
3: it was your husband or not. Someone did something similar to that, and they posted it on Facebook.
2: Pro, it might have been.
3: I kid this, you not.
2: It's crazy. This guy, like, that's why. Uh, so this guy had one of the guys from our, his division take his picture on the podium with his medal, and then the guy that took the picture walked up to my husband and was like hey, should we get a group picture or whatever? Because, you know, everybody got their medals. And we knew he plays. And I was like, we didn't get his medal yet. And we walk up to the table and the lady's like, oh, they haven't released it on the site yet. And we were like, what are the guys from the... His division has his medal. And they're like, well, we didn't give any out yet, so he shouldn't. He legit stole it, got a picture on the podium and left. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs>
3: As he wanted that metal bed, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I ain't leaving here without a medal today, whether I gotta win it or steal it. <laughs>
3: wow. That that's that's insane.
0: <laughs>
3: wow. So how's your husband when's your husband fighting next?
2: Um but he actually fought I think like three or four times this last year we were talking about getting him one soon. Um, he's, he has the same background. So I actually started boxing and then he started boxing and then, uh, I started jujitsu and he told me he would never do like the bendy stuff. Like he's like, I'm not going to do that. And he probably loves jujitsu more than I do now. So, uh, he's, uh, he's going to have to go pro here pretty soon though. I guess he's, He's four and as an amateur, and I don't think any of them have made it out of the first round. So, really, yeah. Oh
3: wow! Mostly knockouts with like, um, like from his boxing background.
2: Well, he has – well, no, not all of them. He has a knockout, a TKO, and um, I know this last one was a submit. He might have two TKOs and a this last one was the submission, and the kid was. Uh, unconscious he uh didn't tap to a triangle and he was out for a little while wow That's so he's doing pretty good
3: <laughs> is he a fire, he's a firefighter too or no yes did you guys know each other before you firefighters together or did you meet him at the house
2: no no we don't even work at the same department um oh five, we met whenever we were both working for a private ambulance district. And I actually I actually, no offense to any of my first responders that are listening, going into the field, I always said I would never uh marry a police officer or a firefighter just because yeah. <laughs> you know, like most people think even with fighting, like they see a couple that get is into it, they're like, ah, she's just in it because he's in it. And um So I just never wanted to be that girl. Well, when we started dating, he didn't know if he was going to get into it. And, you know, we we start dating. We're, like, together for a year or something. he's like, you know what? I think I am going to do it. I'm like, you tricked me. So he got into the fire service, too. And we actually aren't for the same department. But if there's, like, a big fire, we'll be on it together. So it's kind of cool. Oh,
3: interesting. Interesting. Cool. Cool. So how long are you, how long is your therapy for? You your like, like a couple, like six weeks, eight weeks?
2: Um, not really sure. The swelling isn't moving out of my hip area. So we're talking about potentially getting it drained now. So we're going to have to see, um, you know, if it keeps the fluid out or if it swells back up or how it handles it. Uh, Wow. But I'm definitely still like, you know, lifting as much as I can. You know, I have to be you can't do much, you know, legs and stuff like that. But um you know, I'm still going to Yeah, I I'm not I'm not doing as much live stuff. I'm still going to technique. I'm still, you know, doing bag work and Uh, you know, everything I, I can just try not to push it and extend, you know, recovery.
3: Okay. Now, if any, do you have any sponsors out there that you want to mention on the, on the show here or?
2: Oh man, I should have made a list. Um, you know what? I, I'm not going to name them all just because I'm going to forget somebody and I'll feel like a jerk. So I'm going to say, to go to my Facebook page, uh okay. Kelly Andy Angelo or my Instagram Kelly at Kelly AD or Twitter Kelly AD Angelo. And um I have them all over my social media. Um all of my sponsors are people that I really believe in, you know, what they're doing, what kind of business they're starting, um, you know, what they're trying to support. I obviously have a a full time career. So, um, sponsors help out a lot, especially like, um, fighters don't, we don't make anything fighting. I'm just doing it because I love it and kind of want to get a good message out there with it. So I'm trying to help my sponsors as much as they're trying to help me. And I don't, I don't take anybody on as a sponsor unless I really believe what they're doing. So make sure everybody goes and checks out their pages and follows them and supports them as well.
3: Okay. Okay. And I'll make sure to have all your social media le- links on the uh, description of, the, of the, this particular episode. And um, it was great having you on the show. Hopefully, you'll heal, heal up soon. And when you do, hit me on Facebook and uh, let me know when your next fight is. And then we could have you back, you know, maybe like a week before to help you promote your fight. It was, a, it was a great pleasure having you on the show. And uh, good luck to you.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'll keep in contact for sure.
3: righty, All right, guys. We'll be back uh, after this short break.
0: Hey, fans. Here at Podcast City Network, we have a lot of great shows on all of our great social media outlets, PodcastCity.net. Facebook.com slash Podcast City Network. Hit that thumbs up. You can send a tweet
3: to Podcast City Network on Twitter at Podcast City Net. Only on Podcast City Network.
1: You're
3: listening to Mark the Shark, MMA Show. Mark Cassander was a normal family man till he was captured by the Nazis, imprisoned in torture. His only means of survival was to become a vampire. Now his only fear is on how to keep his daughter safe. But not only from the Nazis, but from the creatures of the Dark World. Marcus the Vampire, the first book in the Dark World Chronicle series. Now available at www.retorialfamilybooks.com and on Amazon.com. Get it now. All right, guys, we're back on the show. We're live with a special guest. Uh. Professional MMA fighter Adam Meredith. Adam, how you doing today?
1: I'm good, brother. How are you doing, Mark? Good, good. And uh, we were just talking about the weather over there. You're from Missouri, right? Yeah, I'm in Missouri. It's just, it's just crazy, crazy things, crazy times right now. We're getting a lot of rain, a lot of some flooding. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, man. Hopefully, you don't get any damage. <laughs> no, it should be. I'll be. I think I'll be fine. I'm sure some other people aren't as lucky, but. Um, yeah, man, it's crazy. And actually a little a little different than the flooding. My hometown, I'm from Jefferson City, Missouri. It's the capital. It's probably I'm in St. Louis, so that's probably I don't know like 2 hours from here, hour and a half. And um they just got hit with a really big tornado um, pretty recently. So, it's just it's just been crazy just all over the state between tornadoes and flooding and it's just wild times, man. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I just got some quick questions for you
3: uh so what at what age did you start the martial arts?
1: i so I officially started martial arts. I was probably i don't know man like nine or ten I, like most kids I did karate you know i I saw the karate kid growing up it was really cool I wanted to get into that uh my mom actually she didn't have a lot of money, so she would actually clean the gym to help pay for the dues, and it finally just became too expensive so I stopped doing that, and then it wasn't until, like, a number of year later, uh, years later until I actually got back into, like, quote-unquote martial arts. I started wrestling as a freshman in high school, but I didn't get back into, like, a martial art, which would be jiu-jitsu, until probably about 10 years ago, uh, 2009. Oh, okay. Okay. And then um, when it
3: comes to, like, grappling or striking, which do you find easier, grappling or striking?
1: Um, I definitely prefer grappling. That's just kind of where my heart is. Um, Just having been a wrestler, I started wrestling in high school, did some in college. And then once I stopped wrestling, that was kind of my transition into MMA um, back in 2008. And uh, so I've just just always had this affinity for for grappling. It's definitely like my first love. I do enjoy striking. I've done – Pro boxing, um, I've done pro kickboxing, uh, but I, I love striking. Or I mean, I love grappling over over it all. So jujitsu is like my, my main passion at the moment. Wow. So what college did you go to for wrestling? Uh, I went to Lindenwood University. Um, so this was back in 2006. At the time, they were in and um, I think they're D two now. Oh, but, okay. uh, just yeah, it's so a school here in the, yeah school here in the St. Louis area. Um, there the Savage wrestlers, like, multi, you know, multi-year national championship teams. And it was a really good program. Um, I actually, so whenever I was in college, man, I, I'm a father of two. I had my son whenever I was 20 years old. Um, so I stopped, I stopped wrestling, you know, went to school full-time. I was working full-time, um, being the dad, training for fighting. Um, so I, I stopped wrestling. And um, that was actually kind of my transition into fighting because I still wanted to compete. Uh, uh, so I, I just had to, yeah. So I how to did you the, find out
3: about mixed martial arts? Was it at your martial, at your jiu-jitsu school or?
1: Oh, no. I mean, I was a fan of martial arts before then. I mean, just coming up in high school, probably like a lot of kids at that time, you know, you see the ultimate fighter, that classic Forrest Griffin and yep. Stephen Bonner fight. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh man, like that kind of put it in my mind. I remember hearing about it. Like whenever I was a little kid, like back in the day when Ken Shamrock fought, <laughs> And because I saw him in, in, in like the WCW whatever he was in, I was like, man, that stuff's crazy. I'll never do that. And then all these years later, man, just, you, know, you learn more about it, and I was just like, oh, I, I have to do that because it was just just such a natural, just like the next step from wrestling. Because it was just a very, you know, I looked at it as just you know probably one of the most pure forms of sport that you can get. You know, it's just you and another man, and in there, um, you both are in there like, like half naked, and it's just like. There's nothing. There's nothing to hide behind. It's either you got the skills or you don't. You know what I mean? It's just you know. It's about going in there and imposing your will you know, upon another human. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: So did you have a lot of amateur fights before you became, before you turned pro, or
1: I had? Um, yeah, I had twelve or thirteen amateur. MMA fights, and then so my coach, his name is Mike Rogers, and he's actually the head coach of Tyron Woodley. Whenever you know he started his career, um, I trained out of St. Charles MMA, and um, he made sure that we did everything, man. So we had to do we had to do boxing. I did the Golden Gloves tournament. We had to do uh, kickboxing. Uh, we had to do jujitsu tournaments. We did Muay Thai. Like we did everything. So um, yeah, man, I had between. MMA and then I think I had a few boxing and like one more time. I probably had I think like sixteen or seventeen amateur fights between all disciplines that I wow. Now I know now I know you've competed in Bellator, but
3: would you what would you say is your favorite and when you turn like in pro in professional MMA organization? Like what's your favorite professional MMA organization? Would you consider it Bellator? Or if you had a an opportunity to fight in the
1: UFC or or one, FC yeah it be your favorite. Honestly, it is Bellator. Um, for the longest time, you know, you're always at least I was. I was always chasing in that coveted, you know, that UFC spot because that's it was you know the mecca for so long. But after having been in the sport for so so long, I mean, a UFC fighter is actually a dime a dozen. not very really hard to find. And I've trained with a lot of them and like, yeah, you know, I've I've done I've i'm very well against a lot of those guys but really i don't feel like yeah i don't feel like the the ufc does um i don't feel like they really treat people very well um i don't feel yeah, like they fight as yeah. well man like i i just saw for the longest time it was just it's just a lot of bs going on you know what i mean it's, it's just so i don't i'm not a big fan of that you know it's nice to have that it'd be it'd be nice to say like oh yeah you know you're a ufc fighter because that's what everybody knows and then it'd be cool to get that big-ass bonus. But, dude, like, they just – they don't take care of people, and they just – they don't care about you at all. Yeah, I kind of heard that. Hopefully Dana Dan White's not
3: listening to me, but <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> But I've I well, probably heard, heard that. i uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, he was in strike force and he went into the UFC, and he went to Bellator. I forget the guy's name. he is – Ah, oh, man. His name is is uh, escaping my memory. Well, anyway, but I remember him saying that if he did two fights in Bellator after he did, I think, one or two fights in the UFC, but he was the uh, strike force champion, I think lightweight. And he was uh, saying that he got paid more in that one fight than he did in Bellator than he probably would have liked two or three fights in the UFC.
1: Probably. Yeah, I'm not
3: sure who that. I think was. it was Josh. Is it John Thompson or Josh Thompson? I think I got. Oh, right.
1: Josh Thompson. Yeah. Like at like
3: 55.
1: Like yeah. Yeah, Josh Thompson probably more than likely. Dude, they yeah. the thing is, Bellator they picked up quite a few UFC guys, and I mean they're not getting a lot of market share, but my experience with them was just so cool, man. Just the whole staff was great. They treated everybody really nice. I do like the fact that you can still keep sponsors with that organization, so I think that's just better for fighters, especially young fighters, man. Mm -hmm. um you know what i mean it's just like to to get or in in more established fighters too i mean you know you know how many fighters like are like losing out on money because they can't wear what they want to wear like in the octagon like it's just craziness man
2: Yeah, yeah so
1: yeah and but one one championship's doing a lot of cool things like with their uh you know they they put in a lot of like regulations for like weight classes and different things. But I was actually just having a conversation the other day. And from my understanding, I think they do their weigh-ins. Like, like you don't even weigh in in front of like your actual other, like your opponent and it's behind like a closed door weigh-in. So it's just like, yeah, yeah, on paper, it sounds like they're doing all these great things, but it sounds like they're probably still doing some like old school, like pride shifty things from back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard that too. I think the – I think I heard, like, Gary Tonan say, like, in the interview,
3: like, he's never seen any of his opponents at the weigh-in. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's just like, I
1: don't know, man. UFC, or not UFC, but Bellator just kind of seems to be the most honorable at the moment. Right, that's
3: so good. I, I, now, when you had your uh, first MMA fight, were you nervous?
1: Yeah, man. You know, I, I typically, I don't get, like, super nervous. There's always, there's always nerves, right? I mean, I'd be a liar if I didn't get some nerves because I mean you're about to go in there and fight another person and you know as an amateur my first four amateur fights I was an independent fighter so I didn't even have a gym yet I um, I just I trained with this buddy that I had he had a couple like amateur MMA fights and he you know he was a former wrestler at Lindenwood and we were just like work out I'd work out really hard and I just really relied on my wrestling for that fight but yeah there was definitely some nerves in there because you don't know what you're going against and uh the guy I fought is like my very first fight I think it was like that guy's like seventh or eighth fight. So I was actually kind of being set up and um I ended up winning the fight but within like the opening minute of the fight the dude broke my nose. Like he hit me with just just a straight two. He was a southpaw just boom clean clean left snapped my head back and then it's like Mike Tyson says as soon as you get hit, you know, it's like your plan goes out the window, dude. So I just (laughs) immediately just like reached out and just like went for a shot and just like took him down i'm just instantly just wrestling um yeah there's definitely some nerves there but you know it just gets easier with everyone wow that's insane right now are you still fighting now man you know i don't fight anymore um it's been two years i had my last fight um in shamrock fc and um, now i just coach and i just focus a lot on jujitsu so it's it's been it's been a, a, a pretty fun transition for me i never thought i'd be coaching i'm actually coaching a really young uh a young guy named uh jackson henson he just had his uh mma debut like a month or two ago and he's coming up. he's about to have his second fight coming up here in july and this kid's just a young savage dude his dad is uh is sammy henson who is um He's a world uh, gold medalist in wrestling. He's a world wow. bronze medalist and he's an Olympic silver medalist. Um, he took silver in the Olympics in 98. And I think in 96 is whenever he won worlds and in 98, he was also, um, you know, wrestler of the year in America. So just an absolute phenomenal athlete. Wow. And uh, so I'm training his son now. And, um, he just had a big win, um, his first debut, got a good, you know, first round submission and I'm working with this young kid now. And I'm really excited to kind of just impart my wisdom on him and help him with his striking. Like I'm specifically his striking coach, um, you know, and a little bit of like kind of his overall MMA coach, putting it all together for him, but I'm really excited to see what he has going on, just working with these other fighters. And then again, like I said, I'm really focused on like jujitsu, um, okay. working, working towards that coveted black belt. Um, I'm a four stripe purple belt. Um, I think I'm closing on that brown belt pretty close, uh, pretty wow. soon. You're probably and, uh, really a brown belt now, dude, with that wrestling. It, in, in my mind, <laughs> if, you, if you talk tell it to me, I'm a brown belt, but I'll trust my professor and I'll, I'll wait until he gives that to me. Um, yeah. But last year, I was invited to an um, invite only um, Nogi uh, grappling tournament, uh, the Ana Invitational. Uh, Onna oh, 8. okay. Yeah,
3: that's yeah good dude.
1: That's dude it was great. Yeah, man. And I uh, mean, I have no shame in saying, like, I, I didn't probably take it as serious as I could. I wish I would have taken it more serious because dude, they have some legit ass grapplers on that thing. And it really opened up my eyes to the world of nogi and just like leg attacks and, and just, you know, how intense the game really is. I went up against this young kid named William Tackett. And uh, he, just, he just took second in the ADCC trials. And he's, uh, I think he's 18 now, he's a okay. purple belt. Um, beating black belts, I think he's like number eight in the world. Just fucking savage, man. Yeah. And, it's, and it's uh, so, know,
3: like, some people who aren't like even brown belts are beating black belts. I mean, I don't know how good the black if they were younger black belts or older black belts, but the game is totally yeah. changed in terms. Yeah, of, terms of Yeah,
1: man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got the, you locks. got these guys. You yeah, leg loss You got it. Whether it's jujitsu or MMA, man, you got kids who are doing these sports from the time they're like eight years old and you were just seeing a whole different level of athlete now so it's really cool to see the evolution of it all wow
3: so you're not fighting anymore uh, so i guess you don't have any sponsors or anything like that do you just teach at the school now uh
1: or
3: or do you have your own mma product? so
1: i mean i got A couple of of different things kind of in the works, man, since I've I've stopped fighting. Like I said, I definitely jumped heavier into jiu-jitsu. I coach kids jiu-jitsu and I do privates and different things and I coach at the gym, but I also have my own brand called Imposed Will Um, and it's it's a lifestyle mindset brand to where, um, you know, I have some apparel and different things, but it's just literally about, you know, just teaching people, you know, how to strengthen their mind and how to get the most out of their life because I really believe that the mind is the key and you know we can strengthen our mind and we need to train our mind like we do our bodies and you know once we do that the body will follow. So I'm just all about just you know mental strength and just like building the brand and just you know letting people know that they can impose their will on life. Like whatever it is that you want to do in life, you really can do it. It's just about having that that mental strength and that mindset to know that you just have to make a choice. You have to act upon it. And you know I believe one of the most powerful Phrases that we can say is I will. So many people say like I'll try, like no, there is like don't like no, like that doesn't work. Like either you will or you won't. So just say yep. you will. I will commit to it and do it. So I'm just you know, I'm really passionate about um you know just growing the brand and pose will. And then I also have a podcast called oh, okay. Outside Perspective to where yeah man I you know I release two episodes a week every Monday and Thursday, and it's just a very conversational format where I'm just sitting down with humans from just all walks of life and. You know, my, my goal is just to present people with a different perspective on the world, man. So, um, What's
2: the name you of your podcast? A, it's,
1: been, uh, it's called Outside Perspective. And, oh, okay. Uh, it's been, uh, yeah, you know, coming up right, on to Make sure, we make sure it, uh, uh, that my listeners episode. are aware of your podcast. <laughs> you know? Yeah, check me out, man. You know, I did they two episodes this week. Um, yeah, man, I just released episode... 81 or 80 i think i just released episode 81 okay One two. um i got yeah i got a few in the pipeline like i'm actually i just actually just recorded episode 88 um but you know i kind of have a pipeline where i release in like a three to four weeks the format? Know, you know, lag time yeah
3: it's, got to get it's just a very a conversational many-
1: format but what's your format of your podcast like very conversational man so episodes are about an hour i don't have like a set list of questions um it's just me and whoever my guest is just sitting down talking depending on like what their expertise is and i've had i've had some mma people on there um i've had some jujitsu people on there i've had some doctors on there i've had some people in the medical cannabis space i've had just people from all walks of life really i've had artists on there i've had entrepreneurs on there i've had trainers it's just yeah, yeah man, cool. almost almost Joe Rogan esque, dude. Just people yeah, who I find interesting. Good, I just man. want to talk to them. That's good. My, even though my the main focus of my podcast is MMA, I do
3: have. It's also based on health and uh, fitness. I have like a lot of people on my show too that have like a health and fitness background. A lot of doctors that a sports colleges that nutritionists on there.
1: I find it yeah,
3: Very interesting. Now let's talk yeah. about your uh, your uh, your other brand. What was it called again? Imposed will. Okay, is that like a public speaking platform, or is that? I'm assuming it's like um, positive, like you do public speaking on this, or
1: so. Um, so I'm I'm a health and movement coach, and okay. uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, in addition to you know the like the jujitsu and whatnot, like you know, I do health coaching and whatnot. So it all kind of plays hand in hand, you know, essentially what I'm doing is just building a community and a platform to where there, there, there will be a speaking piece too. At some point I've done some, some public speaking um, on, you know, just like performance and mindset and just how to get the most out of it. So there, there will be a speaking component, but I want to create like a community and sure. a platform to where people can go to and it can just be a resource for health and wellness and movement and, um, yeah, again, and, and mental strength as well. So it's just all about um, just being the best you and getting the most out of, out of your life that you want. So there, there will be public speaking. Um, there's, you know, apparel. And, and just, it's just going to be just a brand new movement is what I'm looking to build. man. That's great. Now, getting back to jiu-jitsu, do you have any
3: uh, ability to compete, like in the no-gi worlds, like an IBGF, or are you just sticking with submission only? Points.
1: i prefer i really do, do prefer the the submission only like the ebi format i really okay. like that compared to like the ibjjf i did ibjjf worlds last year and i'm not super enamored with the system to be honest with you um if i if i do compete i'm kind of at a place to where i i'm very like i I love I like to compete but it's not really my focus at the exact moment like I'm just really enjoying training and teaching. So okay. if I do compete it it would definitely be something more along the lines of EBI. I do like the longer rounds. I actually just went down to Austin at the end of April and I did the on it, um open and that and that's an EBI uh format, you know. So I like the longer rounds. I like not having to worry about like the points and different things. I really feel like that's the way of um I feel like that's kind of, like, the way things are going with jujitsu. jitsu I don't – whether or not, like, the point system will ever totally go away, probably not. But I, I definitely prefer to, uh, to definitely do just the submission onlys. I agree. Now,
3: do you have a favorite MMA fighter, like, that you admired since you were, you know, since you got into the sport? Like, who's your favorite MMA fighter of all time?
1: Um, you know, like, it's, it's One or two? That's- It's a really hard question, dude. I really don't really have one, to be honest with you, because I used to, like, I mean, I used to, like, be a huge fan of the sport and, like, watch it all the time, and then whenever I started doing it, I kind of quit watching it as much. Like, I looked at it differently. I would watch it, and I would study, and, um, I mean, there's definitely some really great fighters out there. I mean, you know, your Anderson Silva's and different things, but I just started looking at everybody as just, like, humans, so I don't really, like, idolize any of them. And then the deeper I got into my career and one of the probably one of the biggest catalysts for me to like deciding to quit fighting was I started worrying about my brain a lot. Yeah. I mean it is a full contact sport, you know, it takes
3: takes a lot out of you. Yeah. Like I, I've been on a silence myself for like five months from just from jiu-jitsu because I'm a I'm a you know, I'm an older guy now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. I had like IT band syndrome and I had like arthritis in my foot. My goal is to get back to it, but you know, full contact sports do take a toll on the body, you know. But what about in jiu jitsu? Is there like any particular dying jiu jitsu that you, you know, that you like, do you like Gary Tone or going Ryan, Ryan or anything like that? Or do you follow any particular jiu jitsu fighters in the sport of jiu jitsu or? Hello. Uh we were talking about like what was your
1: my was favorite
3: your
1: fighter in jiu-jitsu? Yeah. That you follow. Oh, in jiu-jitsu. Dude, yeah. now there are definitely some jiu-jitsu guys that I'm I'm a fan of at the moment. And um the, both of the Ryan brothers, Gordon Ryan and Nikki Ryan. Like, those two dudes are savages. And uh, the guy we just talked to that I compete against, William Tackett, man, this young kid, is 18 years old. He's out of Austin. Kid is a savage, man. So there's, there's definitely a couple guys that you know, I'm keeping my eye on. I'm really bad about that with any sport. I've never really been that guy who is, like, a super fan of any one person to where, like, I'm going to know everybody's name and I know everybody's stats. But there's definitely a few guys I like to keep my eye on.
3: <laughs> i hear you you know every everything and everybody gets busy in life you can't keep on top of everything now, yeah man I, the more
1: i the more i'm trying to do
3: yeah 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 so if my listeners or you know potential sponsors like for your products or whatever wanted to get in touch with you how would they get in touch with you do you have a website
1: yeah so there's a couple of different ways man they can, um, they can check me out. Check me out on imposedwill.com, um, or you can just, you know, go to Instagram. Um, you know, I have uh, my my personal page, which is Adam Meredith underscore. Um, I also have, you know, the imposed will page, which is just imposed will. Or you can go to the podcast page, which is outside perspective underscore podcast. And, um, also for your listeners, dude. So, you know, I actually do have a sponsor. It's, um, Jombo Superfoods. They're a CBD company based out of uh, California, dude. They're, you know, deemed the world's healthiest edible and they have, you know, several products from CBD drops to a muscle bomb to like a, a grass fed ghee and MCT oil. Um, they're just amazing products and they sponsor both me and the podcast. So, you know, all your okay. listeners, if they're interested in the CBD products, man, again, And these are some of the best on the market. You know, they can go to jombocbd.com. They can Mm. use the code outside at checkout and they'll save 20% off their whole order, man. Oh, that's great. great. Now, do you
3: use those products yourself?
1: Absolutely, man. I'm good friends with those guys. Um, I had one of the owners on the podcast um, episode, I think like six, I met him last year. His name's Kyle Brown, really great guy. And just, you know, I met several, you know, several of the team members now and, They're just such a great company, man. And they're doing everything right. Like they do all high quality, use all high quality ingredients. They send their products to a laboratory for third party testing. I personally use their muscle bomb almost every day. It's been game changing um, with, with my recovery for jujitsu. I first used them last year after a jujitsu tournament, you know, I woke up, my fingers were all stiff and sore. And um, I rubbed this muscle bomb on there, dude. And within minutes I could, Move my fingers again and it felt amazing. So I use their CBD drops. I give my kids their CBD drops. My girlfriend and I, we have a dog we give the CBD drop, uh, drops to. So I use all their products. Um, I'm a huge believer in them and um, just by far some of the best products on the market. Uh, that's great. I guess I gotta look into that. What was Check them out, man. Get- Jumbo, Jom- J A M B O, Superfoods. Okay. So you are JumboCBD.com. The code is okay. OUTSIDE. Okay. Can you let
3: everybody again know what's, your, what's the name of your podcast?
1: My podcast is called Outside Perspective. They can check me out. I drop two episodes a week, every Monday, okay. every Thursday, um, on every platform.
3: Oh, that's great. All right, Adam, I appreciate having you on the show. All right, guys, we'll be back after this short break.
1: All right, Mark. Thanks, brother. All right. Take
3: care. Are you a fan of the Mark the Shark MMA show? Are you looking for some swag? Check us out on the web at www.markthesharkmmashow.com where we sell t-shirts, hoodies, crop tops, hats, beanie hats, anything you want. Check it out. Are you also looking to become a guest on the show? and be interviewed by me, Mark the Shark Retorto, or well, go to the website to sign up as a guest. Are you looking to become a sponsor? Go to the website, sign up, take advantage of the wild-range growth of the sport of MMA, and be, have your business and service advertised to millions of listeners that listen to this podcast every week, worldwide, from everywhere. Check it out. www markthesharkmmashow.com Hi, this is Mark the Shark Retorto. This is a message to all the parents out there. Are you looking for an inspirational book for your child to read? Well, check out a book written by a child. An 11-year-old little girl by the name of Christina Retorto. She has two books. One is called Invisible Girl... And one is called I am a survivor, both inspirational books written by a child for a child. You can find them at Amazon.com and Barnesandnoble.com, as well as her website, www.retortofamilybooks.com Again, it's R-I-T. O R T L. Hi, everyone. Just want to make a note to all the fans that are listening to this podcast. We appreciate any donation you can make to keep this podcast up and running, no matter how small, anyway, from a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. To make a donation, all you have to do is go to my website, www.markthesharkmmashow, and click on the donation button on the first page. It's that easy. Again, It's www.markthesharkmmashow.com. Hey everyone, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show.